0: Welcome to Bass Lane with Sarah Jane, a podcast for women who are on the move, managing life and family. Your host, Sarah Jane, is building a tribe and talking about the things that affect the daily lives of moms. You can expect real conversations about managing chaos, finding ways to take care of mind and body, and stepping outside your comfort zone on the way to living your best life. Hold on for a wild ride.
1: Now, let's get started. Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane and my friend, Sharon Mahan, who is a Pure Haven friend of mine that I met when I was in Panama of 2020. And Sharon and I lightly got into talking about why we did Pure Haven and why we were on non-toxic journeys, but not like we barely scratched the surface. So I recently saw Sharon again in Nashville and after talking to one of her friends, Jen, um, I thought, you know what, I need to dig more into this and we need to uh, share more stories because sharing is caring. So Sharon, welcome into the Fast Lane with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. It is an honor to be with you. Now you are
0: located where? In Collegeville, Pennsylvania. It's about 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia.
1: So I have met so many East Coast people uh, on this non-toxic journey. So that is so awesome because before I don't think I knew anyone over there, and now it's like you're all over there. And Sharon really has a lot uh, to share about her non-toxic journey. I was, I was fortunate, I will say, because I was looking at the different chemicals and saying, "Oh, I just I don't want this in my home. I don't want this around my kids." But sometimes people have a real why and Sharon definitely has more of a why. So Sharon, you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. It is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's kind of
0: a long and sordid of story, but really like really what it came down to for me, even though that there were signs of this before then, when my older son was born, he's 16 years old now, um, he was diagnosed with autism when he was a very young toddler. And I really went into all out mom of research mode and did everything I could to help him have the best possible outcome. And by the way, he's doing really, really well. Um, so that's the good news. But back then, one of the things I learned is that there's toxins in supplies that are really bad for our health and in our personal care products. So I you know, went to the health food store and shopped online and did my best to find products that I wanted to bathe him with and clean our home with. And I was really dismayed that there weren't really a lot of great options out there. I've always been super curious. So once I learned that this was an issue, I became a really big label reader. And there's products out there that thankfully it's a little bit better now, but products out there that claim to be safe, natural, organic. But when you look at the ingredients, they still contain a lot of chemicals that I don't want to expose my family to. Mm
1: -hmm. And... How, how did you start? Like, how did you know? Where did you find the list? Because a lot, this is so overwhelming for people. And I always like to try to break it down in bits because no one's saying go home and throw everything you have away. However, some people do that, but where, where does a person start? Where did you start? That's a great question. And, you know, we're we're going back, you know, a lot
0: of years now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't remember a hundred percent. I do remember that I started going to autism conferences, like biomedical autism conferences, where you would just be like a fire hose of information coming at you about all different areas of medical, household goods, therapy, homeopathics. And it was there that I started to get a little bit of information and, I have always been an avid Googler Boo <laughs> university, um, but I'm also, because of my education, I try to be very discerning about information that I find to be credible. So this wasn't just, oh, I read this on a blog. This is, okay, maybe I saw it on a blog, but I want to know where this information came from so I can see, is this a legit issue? So I do a lot of digging that way. I, um, I have a business background, so I have an MBA from NYU and I worked in marketing. So I know how to read spin, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it was a lot of digging. And then at some point, there were a couple of books that came out that I read. Um, I honestly don't remember the names of them right now. Um, one of the authors is Stacey Malkin, but maybe in your show notes, put a list of some of the books that I read then to really educate myself on the topic.
1: Yes, absolutely. So when you went to the autism conferences, were they talking about toxicity and products and how that could affect your children? Yes, very much so.
0: Very much so. I remember there was one speaker who his entire presentation was environmental toxins in and around your home. And it was personal products, but it was also cleaning supplies and things like lawn care, you know, not using things round up. Um, on on your your lawn and maybe being okay with some weeds. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And with, did your doctor ever tell you that? So our mainstream doctors never mentioned anything like this. Um, my experience in dealing with mainstream medical doctors, I think, has been a little bit better than what I've heard some other moms, in particular, go through. And um, I kind of, I'm a very level headed person. And like I said, I've that marketing, you know, uh, background and education. So I think I came across as, as very, you know, like not a, a, I hate to say this, because no mom is crazy for trusting her instinct. Um, right. But emotions are involved when we're talking about our kids. And I think that a lot of times doctors will dismiss that, um, you know, very, very sadly so, because there's usually something very credible underneath it. So I always try to make sure that I, you know, so they they didn't necessarily agree with some of the choices that I was making, but they didn't argue with me or fight me about it. Now, we did end up finding some doctors along the way through going to those conferences who treat children with neurological issues, Um, the organization, the medical organization that is now, it's now called the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs. Um, So you call them MAPS doctors. And they're oftentimes doctors that were working in other fields and then they had either their child or somebody very close to them become affected by something like autism and they start to do their own digging and their own research and finding out what's, what's helping these kids. Um, And I think that some of them are kind of going out on a limb because mainstream medicine doesn't typically support this line of thinking.
1: What I love about this conversation that we're having and the conversations I've had in the past with moms in particular that have gone on the non-toxic journey is that you really don't take no for an answer and you are relentless fighting for your child. It's what can I do? So, some people think that this is a joke or it's a fad or, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but people don't understand what an endocrine disruptor is. And if you don't know what that is, Google it because you're going to be busy for days reading on it. And we are putting this stuff in little tiny bodies. It's bad enough putting it in our own bodies, right? Because infertility, breast cancer, you know, all of the things, but when we're putting it in small people, they are growing up with that. And what's going to, and even if there isn't a problem now, what's going to happen in 20 years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Endocrine
0: disruptors are one of the scariest things. I say that they're insidious because um, in traditional toxicology, the line of thinking is, you know, the devil's in the dose right? A small amount of something is okay. And that's probably true for a lot of chemicals, but with endocrine disruptors, it's actually the opposite. So your endocrine system, and I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, Sarah Jane, but your endocrine system regulates the hormones in your body and hormones are really super sensitive chemical messengers and they respond to very, very small signals. So a small dose of an endocrine disrupting chemical day in and day out, every time you wash your baby or put on your deodorant or whatever it is, that that has the potential to do a lot more harm than an exposure to something that's considered you know, scientifically toxic. Um, and, and an ex- uh, analogy that I like to draw is a part of my story is that I'm a breast cancer survivor. I went through it in 2014. I was 43 when I was diagnosed and a large portion of breast cancer is what's called estrogen receptive, which means that estrogen fuels the growth of the tumor. So what they do is they give you medication, and it's a different medication if you're pre versus postmenopausal. and they give that to you for, it used to be five, now more recently it's 10 years, and it provides a protective effect against recurrence for the for double the amount of time that you're on it. That's what the, the literature says. That pill that I take every day is so tiny. It's such a tiny little pill. I think it's one milligram. I'm sure there's fillers in there too. Like a one milligram is such a small amount and I'm taking it every single day to do something, the estrogen that's in my body. So it doesn't fuel the growth of another tumor. Like that's
1: a big deal. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Were you non-toxic before you had the diagnosis of breast cancer? we were kind of non-toxic so I had I hadn't been able
0: to find solutions for a lot of you know product categories specifically for myself uh, you know there's a lot of things that contribute to the development of cancer and I can tell you that my biggest risk factor was stress um, I don't think that any one thing
1: contributes to cancer it's a, a lot of things right so so let's go back let's go with the breast cancer for a second so a lot of people don't realize that when a person, when you go get a mammogram, because a lot of people maybe who are listening have never had a mammogram. When you have a mammogram done, they say, do not wear deodorant. Now, they say that because there are metals in your deodorant that could skew your mammogram results. So they're asking you not to wear it for one day while they do the test. I find it slightly wrong that they just don't say, don't wear that deodorant, because if it's going to skew your test, This day, what is it going to do long-term?
0: Great point. They may be assuming that it's not absorbing. Maybe,
1: but it obviously is.
0: it, It obviously is. And there's other ingredients in deodorant too. It's just the aluminum, which is what keeps you from sweating, there's uh, oftentimes there's parabens and there has been, now this was a relatively small study, but a hundred percent of breast cancer tumors that were sampled, hundred percent of them contained a chemical called a paraben, which is commonly used in personal care products as a preservative. hundred percent of them. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: This stuff is getting into our bodies, no doubt about it.
1: And think, and it's not just getting into your children. You need to think it is your shampoo and your conditioner and your face lotion. And then we have a different foot scrub. You know, there's so many different products that women especially have, and it's in all of those products. So how many chemicals does a person, a woman usually put on in one morning? Okay. You know, I know the answer to this question. (laughs) I do. The average woman uses
0: 12 products before she leaves house in the morning, exposing her to 168 toxic chemicals, that's potentially toxic chemicals, because some of them, right, it's some of them are fine,
1: but a lot of them are not fine. Yep. And that's just in the morning. That doesn't say like what you're doing at lunch putting on lipstick, you know, reapplying lipstick. Now we're putting lotion on our hands. What do we do at night? I mean, it is nonstop. How many times does a person maybe reapply their deodorant because it's been a hot day? Absolutely. I don't think that's counting also things like um, fabric softener
0: and fresheners. And I think that so those are some of the most toxic things that you can put in your in your household, in your the air that you're breathing.
1: Mm-hmm. I had stopped using dryer sheets a long time ago because I could not stand the smell, but we would buy them to put in our boat because it repels rodents. And then every time we bought them, we would have to put them in the box of the truck. Cause I couldn't even have them in the truck because even if the box wasn't open, I could not stand the smell of it. And then whenever we would put it in there and it was smell so bad. And I would think, Oh, rodents hate this stuff. They won't go near it, but we're all throwing it in our dryers. How many times a day? Right. And you're basically, you're
0: wearing it all day long in your clothes and your bed sheets. I mean, you are enrobed in these chemicals basically 24 hours a day.
1: Yeah. And we're not judging you for using this stuff because this is, this is not something that we're taught. You don't see a commercial that talks about this. And even if you did, you would have to see it literally how many times a day for it to even sink in you are a very educated woman who turned her life upside down for the betterment of you and your family. This isn't, this wasn't just, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just try this. This wasn't happenstance for you. Right. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I like people to
0: know. I try to explain this to people. Yes. I was in a position where I had to make changes Um, But what I believe is that because I'm I'm chemically sensitive and obviously my son was affected Then I got cancer. I believe that people like me and my son are the proverbial canaries in a coal mine. (laughs) And I've said that to people and some people laugh, they get it right away. And some people are like, what is she talking about? (laughs) Um, But basically back in the day, and I'm talking like between in the early 1900s, coal miners would bring a canary into the mine with them. Because their bodies <laughs> I just I just dug a little bit deeper on this. It's so funny, canaries and birds actually they have a massive need for oxygen to help them fly. They actually take in oxygen both when they breathe in and when they breathe out. So they're super sensitive to toxins in the air and things like carbon dioxide that we don't even smell. Right? It affects them. So if the canary died or got sick or stopped chirping. The miners knew that they had to get out. Now, nowadays they have equipment that that does that for the miners. So it might be why that phrase is a little <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> people don't know about it. But I think that I am a proverbial canary in the coal mine, and I think that even though other people don't feel the ill effects, it's affecting you under the surface, and it may make you more susceptible to you know chronic health down down the line. And the other thing I like to say too is about you know it's. I am, I am one of the people that did the best I could to swap out everything as quickly as possible. I understand some people will do it, you know, one, two products at a time or category at a time. That's great. Just start making the changes. But it, it's not that I'm saying switching out all of your personal care products is going to prevent you from getting cancer or your kid from getting autism or anything. Like we can't make those kinds of claims for obvious reasons. No. But it's an area of wellness that people don't know about, right? So people know, generally speaking, that eating healthy foods, eating, you know, nutritious nutrient foods and exercising regularly are good for their health. Are doing those things going to guarantee that you'll never get sick? Of course not, right? So swapping out your personal care products for things without toxic chemicals is just one more thing you can do to to conceptually lower your risk. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um the other thing too is a lot of people don't realize what these chemicals are linked to in the shorter term so i've heard i have heard countless stories of people who have migraines that magically disappear when they stop using fragrance products for example their eczema disappears when they switch to a truly non-toxic laundry detergent asthma is is now i can't use the word cured right because it's not a medicine it's not regulated by the fda but people who have their, autos- have their um, asthma by going non-toxic.
1: What what were your symptoms of
0: chemical sensitivity? Yeah. So for for the most part, it was migraine headaches um, that I was able to eventually draw a more direct line. Okay, like when I go into Bath and Body Works or Yankee candle store and smell all of the candles to figure out which one I liked, I would end up getting a headache. And my headaches would sometimes last for three days. And um, you know, eventually got medicine for them. Since I've gone completely non-toxic at home, whereas I used to get maybe three migraines a month, I now get one maybe every two or three months, and I can usually link it to some kind of exposure to either you know excess refined sugar or some some smell that I couldn't avoid somewhere that I was.
1: So the smell was the
0: worst for you. The smell was the worst thing that I noticed. Yes, I also had um, a small patch of eczema on my hand. That when I switched to my Pure Haven products that, so before Pure Haven, I would get a prescription ointment. I put it on the back of my hand three times a day for a week. It would go away. And a month later, that patch would come back. When I switched to Pure Haven lotions and hand soap, I have not had a single occurrence in almost seven years of that eczema on the back of my hand.
1: Wow. So how about your family? How's your husband and your kids with this lifestyle?
0: So my kids, it's pretty much all they've ever known. I wish that I had in me to homeschool my kids because it does get harder especially yep. for my neurotypical one when he sees what his friends and the kids at school are using and, you know, toxic is not cool. Right. Um, so that's sometimes a little bit of a battle with a, a 13-year-old neurotypical boy, mm-hmm. uh, my husband, and I, I tell people with any kind of lifestyle changes, the husbands are usually the ones that are the hardest to <laughs> bring along with us. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, it It honestly, it annoyed him for a while. Like, I remember when I was pregnant with my second son, which we already knew that my older son had autism by then, um, my husband wanted to polish his shoes, you know, right next to me while we were watching TV. And I'm like, I... I the shoe polish smells so toxic. And I made him do it in the garage. And he, he he was floored that I would even suggest that something he was using could harm potentially our, our baby. He also struggled with not being able to wear cologne. Um, but the interesting thing is that now, 15 years later, he's 100% on board. And now he notices the same sort of things that I used to tell him about that he thought was crazy. And you know, we, we, there's a commercial for some sort of air fresheners called your, you get nose blind, right. To the smell of the gross smells in your car, but your friends get in your car and they can smell it. So here you need to use this to Febreze or Glade or, or whatever. Um, I think that when you've been using toxic products or products that are heavily fragranced for a long time, and you've probably been using them since you were really, really young, because, you know, like Sarah Jane said, we don't are, we don't learn this, right. Our, our parents are using these products. We think they're safe because we've always used them, right? So you don't you don't notice how powerful these scents are and what they can be doing to you until you stop using them, and then you notice. Oh my gosh! I my head is clearer. My eczema has cleared up. I haven't needed my inhaler. Um, I don't get headaches anymore. And oh my gosh, when I smell that stuff now, I'm like wow, I can't believe that I tolerated that in my home. Mm-hmm.
1: It's almost. I take it personally on some levels, but on some levels I've completely detached because I get a lot of people and I live in a small area. A lot of people will, um, mock this, which is fine. Like we all, you know, decide what we want to do. And I don't really care about that. But when I walked into my mom's house last week and she was diagnosed with breast cancer just a couple months ago, she's she's doing chemo right now. And there was a bottle of Febreze on her counter, and I did, I said zero words because she's got enough going on anyway. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have failed you because I provide her with as many non toxic products as I can. But here we are using Febreze. So I really do find this my mission to encourage people to live their best lives. I do think that this comes into play because when, especially in my line of work, I have people with chronic headaches, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, all this stuff. And yes, it helps to adjust. Yes. It helps to do supplements and eat healthy, but there's so much more to, you know, just those aspects, but it is so downplayed because you go to target and you do see these products that are supposed to be safe and they aren't so that we're being greenwashed because they are lying to us that they're good. And then people just think that they're good. And, It's so hard because you can be lied to and no one's even being held accountable. So here you and I are like trying our hardest, never judging people, just literally trying to help people because this is important. It
0: is important. Another analogy that I used to use was I would say to people, and this would be when I was doing, you know, events, gatherings, and having people come to specifically learn about the issue and introduce Pure Haven, I would say, and they would be in disbelief. And I would look at, I remember I've done this a couple of times. I would look at somebody and I would say, what's your name? And they'd be like, um, Jessica, I'd be like, how do you know that's your name? Well, you know, that's your name because your parents called you that over and over and over and over again. So at a very young age, you knew that was your name. So you watch TV, you go to the grocery store, you go to target, you see advertising telling you these products are here. Why would you ever doubt that they're safe? You, so, so I I hear the message that you're saying, and I tend to get a little, you can see, I get like animated and I want people to know this and I can be a little bit intense. Um, And (laughs) me
1: too, me too,
0: (laughs) but it's, it's, it's a journey and we, because we care. We care about people, right? Like we we're we've bought into the non-toxic message. We're doing it. We see the improvements in in our health, right? The, the things that aren't happening anymore, the headaches, the eczema. And we could just be okay with that. Like, okay, we're good. But no, we want to share that with other people because other people deserve to know.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's sad. It's sad when you have people who are not living optimal lives and they've just accepted it. Non toxic lifestyle, eating organic, exercising all the time—that doesn't ensure anything. It really doesn't. But I think the bottom line is, we are just saying it really could help. Even, isn't it exciting? Even when you have a mom who buys a lotion that takes care of her kids' eczema, don't you? Doesn't it just make you feel good? It does. And it's a little thing. Or when you have a parent say oh, it's so nice that I got my uh, child off of Accutane using these products. And now that's a serious, you know, that's a serious issue for kids. Having acne is, it's almost debilitating. It's embarrassing, but then we're using chemicals to try to, you know, fix the problem. And
0: I mean, one of the long-term effects.
1: Right, and I know that as parents, a majority of us, we just do what we think is best for our children, right? That's what we do. But when we don't know that there's other options, we just do what everyone else does.
0: You don't you don't know what you don't know.
1: I would argue
0: that once you know and can wrap your brain around it because it does take some time, I think that swapping out your personal care products and your home cleaning supplies is easier than eating and and exercising because those are, you know, exercise, you have to make the decision every single day and eating, you make decisions every single, like probably six times a day, three to six times a day. What are you going to eat? And you can't always control You're out, you're traveling for work, whatever it is, it's not always easy to eat whole foods from nature, organic, you know. Um, But you make a choice as to, okay, I'm going to buy this deodorant and you're not going to have to make a decision about deodorant for another six months when that deodorant runs out. Same thing with your bottle of shampoo. It's going to last you two months. You've made a decision that's going to keep you safe, as as safe can be, right? It's going to lower your body burden for two months. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why I argue that it's it's
1: easier to swap out your products than other areas of wellness. I like that because I don't know if I've looked at it that way. Um, Also, like with the mom I was referring to with the child with the Accutane, Then I got the comment of, it's really nice that I don't have to have 75 bottles in my shower because everyone can use the same stuff because it's safe for me and my son and my daughter and, you know, my dog, if my dog needed it, it, you know, you, so a lot of people think that doing this is so overwhelming and it, you know, it's just so time consuming and it's so much money. And really at the end of the day, it's not because uh, a lot of the non-toxic stuff is, Uh, more concentrated so you need a smaller amount so how many of us have been in the shower and we are just loading up the shampoo and conditioner and we're getting all the bubbles we're using too much and when it when you have your shampoo and your and your soaps that foam like that that is chemical mania right there yeah and it's not just affecting you because it goes into the water supply yeah it is a nasty cycle (laughs) it is Thankfully, there's a solution. (laughs) There is a solution. Any final thoughts from you on someone who would like to start to be non-toxic?
0: Just start. Start somewhere. Even if it's with one product, start with a product that you use every single day. And you may be amazed that not only are you eliminating toxins from that one small area, but you may find you're getting even better results. So... Just just start. Don't wait any longer, even if it's just one single product. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.